Hello everybody and welcome to the inaugural, the first ever Just an Insight podcast. That's right, episode number one. Uh, my name is Tim Birkbeck, I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling. Uh, and But most importantly of all, I am your body and your vehicle through this podcast. Uh, this podcast aims to bring you interviews and chats with bands and wrestlers from far and wide. Uh, as well as having discussions on films and major wrestling events. Uh, we christened the show with a chat with some of my very close friends in the band called Svalbard. Uh, yeah, if you're not aware from Svalbard, they are a full-piece band uh, from Bristol, um, playing sort of hardcore punk sort of stuff. They're really hard to describe what their type of music is. I think it, they even struggle themselves. Uh, but in my opinion, they're one of the hottest and probably best bands in the UK right now. Uh, they were kind enough to to take me out on their recent tour uh, of mainland Europe with the Saddest Landscape, uh, and you will hear from the beginning of this little chat that I have with them. Uh, due to a stupid joke, I end up calling them the Laddest Sandscape. But anyway, um, I sat down with them at one o'clock in the morning after their show in Paris, which was uh, absolutely awesome, and they were kind enough to, to be my guinea pigs for this first ever Just an Insight podcast. Um, so I sat down with three quarters of the band. Um, unfortunately, uh, vocalist and guitarist uh, Serena was unable to to join the tour due to work commitments. But uh, the other three guys were, as I say, kind enough to to sit down with me, have a brief chat, and yeah, just discuss things that's going on with the band. Um, and yeah, all things Svalbard basically. So I hope you enjoy episode one, um, and I will see you on the other side. Cool, right. Sat in a hotel room with the guys from Starbard, Liam, Adam, and Mark. Um, currently on tour with the. Sa- oh, I nearly said the Laddest Landscape. <laughs> <laughs> the Saddest Landscape. Um, how for you guys? How do you think the tour's been so far? Oh, fantastic! I think. Yeah, tour, tour night's been great, and people at the shows have been lovely. Food's been awesome. The Drives gigs. Have been a bit the gigs have been amazing. The driving's been shit. Yeah, the the guys have been nice enough to take me along, and the like Liam and Mark Skur, who's been filling in for Serena, that have been absolute champions doing the driving. It's been absolutely horrible. Um, any shows so far? The particular standouts? Prague. Prague. Any yeah. reason? Just really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's cool. a really good vibe. Adam, any for you? Um, I've liked all of them. I think they've all been really good. Like um. I don't know. Each, each show's got like up, ups and downs and stuff like that. So, um, and and again, like just days and days of um, continually like playing. It's yeah. and and then sitting in a band. It's kind of hard to pick it apart. But yeah. I mean, by the end of the tour, I'll sort of I'll sit down and like could sort of think about well, it. Mark, any anyone for you? Yeah, I really enjoyed Prague as well. I think uh, it's just a very nice atmosphere there, and the sound was great as well. Mm. And basically, like, because my, obviously my website is called Just an Insight, so the main thing that I wanted to start with is obviously an insight into how got you guys started as a band. So if you could just give us a sort of a brief history. Um, so I was playing in another band. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, the band started in May last year. Yeah. When Adam joined when the I band. Joined. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I was doing another band from 2002 to 2010 
um, which I got sick of, which is very much more in the metalcore, I guess, category. Yeah. If um, for people who want to know, it's Burning Skies. Don't check it out. <laughs> <laughs> we were rubbish. <laughs> Face up and melt it off. Yeah. It's too fast. It's just... Yeah, your brain won't be able to comprehend the speed. Three thousand BPM. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I was kind of, I was reaching my thirties, and I was, you know, when I started that band, I was very, I was quite, you know, I was twenty-two at the time, and, you know, really into like aggressive music. I mm. still am, you know, but I kind of, during the time that I was in that band, my horizons expanded. I guess I started liking a lot. A lot more different styles of music, and I wanted to do something which was more encapsulating of my entire music taste rather than just one particular yeah. thing. So, when that band finished, I started writing some songs, and I think I spoke to Mark first about drumming. And I knew Mark through the band that he was in, which was also a metalcore band because. I don't know why it was. We all come from like a metalcore background. Yeah. Apart from Adam, he comes from a folk. Um, <laughs> Just <laughs> Nordic folk. Nordic. Um, so yeah, I asked Mark if he wanted to drum on the tracks that I've been doing, um, and he said yeah. And then I uh, asked Serena if she wanted to do the guitar parts, and she was like yeah. And then we uh, spoke to my friend Ben who was at the time in a band called True Valiance and is now in Venom Prison. And he wants to do bass and he was yet yeah, and he asked his friend Mike if he wants to do vocals. And that's how the first incarnation of the band started and that lasted for around a year, which is when we did the first seven inch. We did a tour with um, a band from Glasgow called Notebooks. And then we didn't really do much after that. Uh, I think Ben and Ben and Mikey left and we searched for another singer we couldn't really find anyone we were really happy with so me and Serena decided that we'd try and do the vocals ourselves um, kind of out of necessity really more than anything else mm. um, I haven't really done vocals before and wasn't a particular, I wasn't particularly keen to do so yeah. um, but you know I wanted to be out playing playing shows and this was the way we were going to be able to do it was to just rely on ourselves and stop looking for other people mm. and just try and do it and over time, I think I gradually started liking doing vocals, and I mean, it has its drawbacks. It's frustrating, you know, when your voice goes on tour. It's really frustrating, yeah. and I hate record. I love I love singing live. I hate recording vocals. Yeah, I really hate it. Um, but yeah, so that's how we ended up with sort of this lineup, and we've had like six different bass players. So <laughs> yeah, the core the core of the band was always me, Serena, and Mark. Yeah. Um, and now we went for a few bass players and I think we found someone without inflating his ego too much mm. who fits in very nicely um, I've got a bass is that what you're saying? yeah I think we'll keep you for a bit longer uh, yeah I mean you know he's our endearing idiot he is yeah but for, <laughs> for, for people who don't, for people who don't know Adam He's probably one of the nicest guys you meet, but he's also an absolute pain in the ass at the same time. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine on my own. <laughs> I like myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and could have 
obviously when we first met was obviously when you did the tour with Dark Wolves. Was that yeah. kind of like the first sort of run of shows that you did with that core, with you and Serena doing vocals? Done a couple of shows, haven't we? Like just one-offs and stuff. Um, yeah, that was the first tour, though, wasn't it? That was the first tour, yeah. That was when we we just recorded uh, the Gone Tomorrow 10-inch mm. and uh, we were speaking to Dark Wolves about bringing them over to the UK. So we are doing that and we just managed to get it pressed in time for the tour. And you were first person to agree to a date. Was I? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, which was very nice, you know, because we were basically a completely unknown band yeah. at that point. So, you know, it's really, you know, it's nice that there's people out there who yeah, yeah. who support, you know, bands who are wanting to do stuff. Mm. And, you know, now we're on tour of the Salas landscape and we're doing five dates with Oathbreaker yeah. at the end of the month. So. You know, it's come on it's doing stuff that I never thought it would do. But it's down to, you know, that's only schmaltzy. People like you who, <laughs> yeah. want, want, you know, take the time to yeah, support yeah. the scene and stuff. And that's what, that's, you know, it's great. And because obviously when you did that, sort of, you, you said like quite relatively unknown, but that kind of, did you see that as kind of a tour that kind of put you like a foot in the door into sort of, because as you said, you were coming from like, metal backgrounds mostly yeah but did that kind of give you a foot into like a more hardcore scene and well um, I mean there's always been a bit of crossover with metal stuff uh yeah it's all kind of interlinked isn't it all Mm. the all the cores um I mean for the Direwolf tour the things that probably changed for us were it was the first time we met Alex Fitzpatrick so we played with three so who obviously put out our album through Holy Raw. Um, we met a, f- a few really, you know, a few people on that tour who we still know now really well. Mm. Um, so it's definitely like, I don't know, it was, I wouldn't say it was a foot in the door as such, but it just kind of, we made friends with a lot of people yeah. who, who were on the scene on that tour, which is really cool, you know. And because obviously, like, I've known you guys since then and you've been sort of building your reputation through just graft and hard work but one thing that you do do a lot is tour and obviously you do tours in the UK do tours in in Europe so how do you I know obviously you work two jobs yeah you've got a full-time job Mark's got a full-time job Serena's got a full-time job and does other bits as well so how do you kind of do you sort of set time apart to tour or is it just as and when it's convenient I think uh, to start with, we just chose the dates, didn't we, and and worked yeah, with it that way. If it's DIY stuff, then we choose a period where we'd like to go away, mm. you know, so around a release or something, and then we'll book up the dates and go away. And then it'll be other things like when we're asked to do this, where we'll try and work mm. things out. Like for example, Mark. Didn't actually have the time off. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I, I forgot. Keep forgetting to tell work that I'm going away. So I think I told him the week before this tour that I was going to be away for nine days. And I, I don't have any holiday left, so I just take it take it as unpaid. No, no. Do you not get like at the beginning of the year then? No, 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 my, no. It renews in like May or something. Oh shit, that's very much. But it's it's. I'm always going to do it yeah yeah if, if, if I had to uh, step aside from the work and 
do another job. It would be a, a bit of a shame, but I'm prepared to do that. Yeah, yeah. For being able to tour and stuff. Yeah, it's just, you know, we're not... <clears throat> we're not a young band at all. Mm. Oh. I say that I'm. It's just me. <laughs> um, Adam's oh, Adam's older, so yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're as old as you feel. <laughs> you well, feel pretty well, bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't, don't, not there. This, <laughs> this leg feels like it's about eighty. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we don't have the comforts of like you know a lot of young bands will be living at home. Yeah, yeah. They don't have responsibilities and they can go off and tour whenever they want and. Well, I say unfortunately. I mean, mm. I'm quite happy with it. Uh, yeah. We have responsibilities and bills to pay, mm. so it's kind of finding that balance between living in the real world mm. and doing this, which is, you know, I think that's difficult sometimes, as this tour proves. Yeah, Serena unable to get time off work, but um, yeah, that happens sometimes, and we're just lucky that we're still able to do it. Mm. Yeah, Mark and Nicholas. I mean, you know, I can't remember exactly when, when we met Mark. When it was, it was toward of mine. Yeah, that was the first time. Was it the first time we met him? Yeah, I think so, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, maybe you played a few shows with mine beforehand, on yeah. and off, but then booked a tour with them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's things like in the scene, I think, well, you know, just the European scene in general. Mm. All the bands we've toured with been really nice and for two people to take time you know out of work and stuff to come and help us on a band mm. that they're not emotionally invested in I mean I, you know I like to think they're emotionally invested in our friendships and stuff mm. but uh, that kind of astonishes me that they're willing to do that for us you know we're not yeah. paying them any money yeah give them money for their petrol and stuff and we pay for Nicholas to fly home from Antwerp to Berlin you know, it's pretty incredible that a guy we toured with who lives in Berlin was willing to come out with us for 10 days mm. and do the vocals. You know, you don't get many people that would do that. And I think that's kind of rather nice. Obviously, <clears throat> with the sort of hardcore DIY thing, whatever you want to call it, especially in the UK, it's, we're quite a small sort of knit group, but everyone kind of knows everyone in some shape or form, don't they? Yeah. But I think, obviously you've proven it that like, people will go out of their way to do stuff like obviously I've I've come along just for, for the hell of it but like you're, you're all my friends but like you've previously had like Red help you up and Let It Die yeah. and like I was speaking to Mark and he says you're, you're going to do like the same to like fill in, potentially fill in for a group of man well I hadn't actually agreed to it <laughs> <laughs> but like do you feel that because of like I wouldn't like to say that you guys are getting bigger but like you've kind of establish yourself now so that people are more inclined to help you or is it just a case that you've built those relationships that you feel if needs to be that something happened again that you could turn to Mark again or someone else to say look do you mind helping us out yeah they're just they're great people mm. yeah. I think that's, that makes it really amazing that we can meet these people and then ask them to help us out and, and in, in return as well because I played for Group of Man uh, was it just one show? I it think? was one show in Bristol yeah. but it was just nice to be able to do that yeah and uh, return the favour sort of thing but yeah everyone just loves playing and making music in this scene so I think that helps mm. 
and obviously you guys have done as I said shows in the UK shows in Europe and obviously this is the first time I've ever been over to Europe for like gigs and stuff and I've seen firsthand how cool the turnouts have been but from speaking to you guys before and other people they've always said that Europe is way better than the UK what why do you think guys well firstly the UK is still in Europe oh all right. <laughs> if you're gonna get technical but like okay mainland yeah like, that's, that's what I say yeah I'm sorry that's a pet peeve no, 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 I'm going to Europe I'm like, well you're in Europe <laughs> but, okay over to the mainland but like I've been to some of your shows in across the UK and they've still been pretty busy yeah but I think the people that I've met in these shows have been, I don't know, not necessarily more receptive, but I don't know, maybe more appreciative. Is that how you guys kind of see it? Yeah, I, I do. <clears throat> I do personally. I think, yeah, there's um, just more, it's, it's like a bigger part of their lives, I guess. Mm. Well, it, uh, I think it's like, weird. There's a lifestyle that that's associated with a lot of the, the music and Sorry, that was the shoe, by the way. And I, and I think that's that maybe there's the opportunity to to live that lifestyle is is, is potentially easier in oh, certain yeah. places. Mm. Like, yeah. um, and the UK's a bit behind with things like vegan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supporting the arts in general is just. Oh like, yeah, supporting the arts definitely. Yeah, it's not really doing its bit. Mm. I don't think. Yeah, it's I mean, a shame. It's because the UK. The people in power in the UK feel like they don't need to because the UK music market is mm. you know, such a big export already. Mm. Whereas you can go to somewhere like Sweden where, <coughs> you know, uh, that will support smaller bands mm. with kind of grants and. Yeah, I yeah. think I think the UK don't really well the you know people that could help in the UK don't see. <coughs> being in a band as a worthwhile thing yeah it should be a hobby or something but but in other places in mainland it's treated as, as something that is important for people mm. to do so they help with that and I think people over here care more about the local venues you know yeah there's a lot of kind of squat venues and youth clubs and things and it's harder to have those kind of venues in the UK yeah laws and stuff mm. but still um in, in Bristol there's some awesome little places like the Old England and the Griffin and mm. um, uh, the Red Lion and things and there's some great places around the country aren't there yeah Nottingham. not yeah and stuck on the name uh, yeah I, I think Nottingham's kind of a weird one because Nottingham seems really good mm. and I think because uh, Bolty has put so much effort into creating such an awesome space and putting on gigs and being really fair and you know like just an all-round decent guy people really want to support him mm. and that's why you know he raised the money to yeah yeah because really yeah, yeah. Yeah. you know I think people I think people in the UK see see the effort some people make but I think the people who make that sort of effort are kind of few and far between whereas over here I think there's more the scenes are bigger here basically yeah so you can make more of an effort like today there's two guys drove from Biarritz mm. in the southwest of France yeah. to Paris for the show oh. it's like I remember people doing that in the late 90s and stuff in the early 2000s in the UK but no one travels for shows anymore. no no not many people no 
Adam does. I was gonna say I'm, I think I've, I do to do a, to an extent, but <laughs> Adam's just laughing. You seem like the kind of guy who would. I I probably would, <laughs> but but I, I don't know. It's um it's just a hard it's a hard thing to do. Like I think traveling traveling for shows and especially it's like when it's like even if you're just sort of a, a supporter of like the music scene and, mm. and just the there's bands that you want to see placing playing other parts of the country like it is a it's a big commitment sort of thing that you know you take you you end up taking out um you know your whole weekend just to just to to go sort of travel i think i you know did it did it a few times but like you you traveling you maybe need to stay 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 like find accommodation and things like that in different places and it's it's, it's just still a still a commitment yeah so so i guess everyone plays their part and and i know then we've spoken about this before but obviously from you guys played hrx was a quite, like quite a big sort of stage and you've played some bigger venues around the uk and i'm assuming in europe as well but you've also still kind of kept to that diy route playing as you say like squats smaller venues have you got any preference to which you prefer or if, and have you got like any aspirations to play bigger venues or do you prefer the smaller intimate shows I like both um, so, uh, I like both when the vibe is good that's mm. what it's you know it doesn't really matter I don't want to play big soulless venues um, and the bigger places we've played haven't been those um like HRX was was a big you know it's a dome so it's a big place you can fit a good couple of hundred people in there um, but it was just a really nice atmosphere all day and I think that's the, that's the key to it I think it's easier to get that atmosphere in a smaller venue but the gigs that we have played recently which have been bigger ones like Damnation and stuff it just felt they felt really good mm. I think that's, that's the there's no preference on the size it's just the, the vibe I think so, yeah. no, that was Adam's second gig. What yeah. donation? Oh no, no HRX yeah, was yeah yeah. HRX, yeah. Ever ever. <laughs> I, I should really start counting the um, the school assemblies that you know playing guitar. And oh yeah, okay. <laughs> school assemblies. Yeah. What do you mean? Sixteen years before that was. Oh right, okay. I'm with you now. Played a guitar in front of. I people, just got really so. confused as what you meant by school assemblies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and kind of off the sort of HRX things, obviously Alex Hollywood kind of put out your your full length and put out obviously the the discography. <laughs> Don't make that gesture. Sorry. <laughs> um, they can't see it. Yeah, they, oh, I'm going to say it. Basically, Leo, I said no, no, yeah, no, 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 all right, no, okay, no, we're moving no, on. Sorry. We're moving on. <laughs> so right. Alex put out your full length and the discography and as you said you met him when, on the tour you did with Dark Wolves yeah. so how did the kind of working relationship quote unquote kind of come about to sort of be put out the records well we self released the first two things um, and then uh, Andre from Tangle Talk and Andre does Tangle Talk um, put out the Flight of Birds 7 Inch mm. and the split we did with Preso so Basically, we kind of just became friends with Alex and the rest of Pariso through playing. Um, 
you know, we played the first show together and we kind of played a few more shows together. We went on tour on the mainland uh, for, uh, I don't think it was, it was only a couple of days, wasn't it? But Yeah, about five days or yeah. something. And then we released the split soon after that. Yeah. Or, or did the split record with Yeah, you. yeah. That was good fun. And then Andre was originally going to put out the album, um, but they weren't travelling. Uh, yeah. So Alex said he'd like to do it. That's how that came about. And then um, Through Love in Germany had done a split with Preso as well. So they did the album because it's just a bit of a no brainer. And then after the first press, Corey from Halo Flies contacted us because I think he's heard us. Mm. I wanted to do the second pressing with Alex and uh, uh, Through Love. Because you're, you're on the third pressing of it now, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So with obviously doing a full length is quite a sort of commitment to do so for you guys obviously like from when I've known you from the beginning obviously you did a couple of 7 inches and a 10 inch yeah. to put a full length out were you quite was it quite a sort of daunting task and was it how sort kind of I know it's been a while now that it's been out but the initial sort of reception were you kind of surprised at how well it was perceived and how well it's still doing now yeah, yeah. so yeah. that First pressing sold out in a week. Yeah, <clears throat> been very lucky with the response. Couldn't last for more, really. It's been amazing. Yeah. Hopefully, we can just keep that going with the the next record. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it was. I think we're quite f we're quite fussy writers, and we take quite a while. Sometimes we t sometimes quite quick. Sometimes it takes a while mm. to write a song. Um, so it can be a kind of slow and frustrating process plus we had Zach who was in Bastions uh, playing for us when we were writing the album yes yeah <clears throat> um, but he left uh, about a month or two before we recorded mm. it so we wrote a couple more songs just after he left so we actually recorded the album without a bass player at all yeah, because didn't you record well some of the... I recorded most of the bass, apart yeah. from one bit. I was having, uh, on perspective, there's a little uh, drum pattern happening um, in one of the sections. And Lewis decided that I was taking too long to record it, so he <laughs> just grabbed the bass off me and recorded it really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that. Did you when you left No, that? no I, I wasn't there for the bass parts. Oh yeah, so, yeah, so recording the album as well was just me in Southampton for the whole time, Mark came down to his drums and then left. Uh, and then Serena came down to do her guitars and vocals, but I was there for the whole time, so by the end I was a little bit... Because if you've never been to the ranch, it's on the outskirts of Southampton. You get a bit of cabin fever as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Awesome place though, man. And Lewis is brilliant, isn't he? He's Just a brilliant producer, awful human. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, he's got a lovely dog so that makes it for it. I was going to say I think recently all I've seen on his Instagram posts is from recording the Wolves is just them playing with his dog not actually doing any <laughs> I work I that's the only reason anyone goes to this <laughs> still I think he realised he had to up his game up his game yeah, and so got some, got got some dog, cool yeah. dogs
Um, you can't touch upon it then, obviously. Like your writing process, obviously. I know Serena does majority of the, the lyrics. She's all the lyrics. Okay, yeah. all the lyrics. Um, but generally, what's kind of like your your sort of writing process for a song? And because obviously, with you splitting vocals, how do you decide who kind of takes what part, or does it just kind of fit naturally? Uh, no, Serena just decides which bit she's doing, which bits I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you're basically told what to do. Yeah, I'm told what to do in that respect. Uh, we have kind of little areas where, so I guess I'm in charge of. Uh, uh, riffs I guess like I'll come up with riffs and uh, sort of try and fashion them into a song mm. Serena will come up with some riffs as well um, and uh, yeah usually we'll kind of bring the riffs all. I, I usually throw away about probably 60% of everything I write um, and Serena's I'm, I'm very fussy Serena's a lot freer with everything okay so those kind of get amalgamated into the pot and then we'll kind of come up with a structure and then Mark will work on his drums Mark's also very fussy about his beats so eventually we kind of end up with a song Serena just does leads. Serena's the least fussy and she'll just come up with leads but she's amazing at doing it yeah like, it's generally quite quick isn't it yeah, in, in the practice room she'll yeah. write a, a whereas me and Mark will be way. thinking about things outside of practice coming back with little changes she'll just write a lead and that's it yeah that's done uh, and then she'll go away and well, she writes lyrics all the time anyway mm. so she'll go through her books of lyrics and deciding which ones seem to fit yeah. and kind of fashion them into so they fit the song um, and she works on the structure of the lyrics and then tells me what to do okay so f from your perspective then because obviously Serena's not here yeah. are there any lyrics that you particularly really enjoyed like singing I love all the lyrics yeah They're amazing yeah is there yeah. no like, particular ones on the you've like every time you play it you're like I fucking love doing this song Literally every single song she's she's written lyrics for. Okay. okay I think Open UK, I think the news uh, split with Tyler Steve, I think she's had done herself lyrically. Yeah. I think she's really got a finger on the pulse when it comes to writing. Cool. Lyrics, yeah. Um, and then Adam, as you're sitting there quite quietly, obviously over, the split with Tyler Sleep was the first sort of stuff that you done recorded. So yeah. how was it kind of for you filling that, the bass hole? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess it was quite... Daunting. Um, Adam's bass hole. <laughs> <laughs> um, quite daunting. I guess I don't really know what to expect. Um, I had a decent idea of like how the song we were, we were looking to write went. Mm. Um, but then again, it's like get, once you get actually into the studio and like things start things start being recorded and it's just like little little changes being made here and there and and just just to get sort of a finish final product that I'm sort of happy with so yeah it was just quite having to like learn it one way and then change things out it, it was pretty fun actually it was surprising it was just like a just like um finding out how the process sort of works mm. and, and um and that's and that's what a lot of it's that's what a lot of it's been since we joined the band is just like just trying to understand and like learn about 
how everything works and and also doing that in such a way that you don't get in the way yeah. <laughs> because um yeah i think it's so easy to just be the be the person sort of bumbling around and causing absolute chaos like not <laughs> not but un- completely unintentionally yeah, yeah you know um so even trying to be helpful you can be sort of um throwing a spanner in the works so <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now it, man. Yeah, <laughs> first, first go in the studio. Um, yeah, it's yeah, so it's a pretty surreal experience to be honest to hear yourself recorded. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Adam as well is because uh, we were looking for a bass player, and we met Adam first at Fluff, mm. and uh, realised he was living in Bristol and was friends with um, you know some people we knew as well. Um, we kind of started hanging out watching brilliant films like Adam Chaplin um, and then we were thinking about a new bass player and I was like I wonder if because the, th- the thing is as well is it's always more about having a group of people who get on well yeah because when you're spending hours and hours in a van together and on tour you're going to fall out it happens uh, and it's you know it's falling out with people that you then want to not be have fallen out with yeah you know make it right and you know people you want to spend time with and rather than someone who's technically proficient at you know their instrument Mm. I think it's more important to have a group of people who get on well (laughs) (laughs) and you know all we need to do is we just we have the bass backing track and Adam (laughs) (laughs) no but I mean you know it literally leaps and bounds uh, you know Adam played guitar before he sent me a couple of videos and playing seahorses yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I used to play 16 years ago yeah <laughs> and he, you know even though he hasn't had much experience of doing band stuff yeah I, I think he's just taken it in stride well to put this into perspective obviously the first time I properly met Adam was my first show with the divorcee mm. And we were both absolutely nervous wrecks, I think, that's fair to say. Um, but seeing you, like, on these shows now... Oh. I met you before that? Yeah. Uh, um, Your, cheers uh, Fest. Yeah, yeah. Cheers Fest. Um, well, I was just... had to watch, watch everything, like, all the bands that yeah. you got on. It was amazing. But, um, but yeah, seeing you, like, now, obviously, Liam said, come on, like, leaps and bounds, and obviously, like, killing it every night. So it's, it's cool to see you kind of fit into this this Svalbard sort of pattern so to say um but kind of with like genre wise you something that you guys well people always maybe find something difficult for you guys to fit into like a pigeonhole so to say and you always get put on to sort of tours with like mixed bands like obviously you recently won a tour with Mika's Murder who were just heavy as hell you're now on tour with the Saddest Landscape, who are emo as hell. You're going to be going on tour with Oathbreaker, who are just kind of just nuts and really good. So yeah, like, yeah. do you think that that's kind of good that you don't fit a specific hole that you so you can do these awesome tours with random mixed bands? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the reason I got fed up with the old band was because we we're just playing with the same band mm-hmm. all the time. I wanted to do something which is a bit broader. Yeah, yeah, it makes it makes uh, watching all these other bands mm. 
amazing you know so generally we'll play a show first and then we get to watch someone like Mika's Murder yeah Saddest Landscape and, and then Oathbreaker next week and I'd go watch those shows anyway <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's it's nice to see a, a mix of bands and yeah, very I think, enjoyable I think the direction a lot of a lot of good bands now are like mixing up genres and like crossing over in different different areas and you sort of witness some some really good um i guess like yeah you see some really good things come out of it and it keeps you interested and that's I, I'm, I'm always sort of looking for for stuff where it like crosses crosses genres and mm. just just tends to be that's that's the way things things go now so um, yeah, and th- th- we were saying in the van earlier, there's quite a mix on Holy Raw as mm. well. Uh, so we we get to hear lots of different types of bands just by sharing a label with, yeah. with other mm. bands, and that's really good, I think. So we've toured with uh, quite a mix. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we play Crush shows, we've played some metal shows, and you know screamo shows and stuff and it doesn't it doesn't feel like the it doesn't feel like the people who go to these things are actually that different um i think there's a lot of people who are just into all these different kinds of genres and yeah i think that's really cool i mean yeah there's no there's no judging or anything you know a lot of all the crowds are, are just massively into music so nice to, to play to the to people that are there because they love yeah. love that, that music and kind of from like your inception obviously your sounds kind of stayed similar but obviously music progresses naturally anyway yeah. but from inside the band this is obviously more kind of aimed at Mark and Liam how have you seen right from the inside looking out that, that Svalbard has progressed and changed have you, have you seen it change dramatically or has it just kind of been little tweaks here and there I don't think I don't think it's I don't think we can answer that question because because we're inside yeah it's, it doesn't I've never thought this far I've never thought um, about a direction it's just been in like a very natural kind of process and mm. so therefore you know I can hear a change between the first release and now but I can't I can't, I'm too close to it to pinpoint mm. why or think, how. Yeah, yeah, we're just becoming more comfortable playing together as well. So we're, I think we're experimenting a little bit more. Yeah. So the new new songs we're writing now are a lot more experimental than, mm. than the first couple of releases, mm. which were quite straight up fast. Yeah. Heavy tunes, you know, but now we have a, a lot of dynamics. There's always been dynamics with, with the music, but we're adding more intricacies to mm. things now because we're we've been writing together for a while yeah and that kind of rolls on nicely to my next question obviously recently you put out the the discography which is obviously all your earlier stuff yeah for some people that m- might be a bit cynical say why are you doing a discography when you're still going so to say and you've only just done one full length but why did you feel the need that you wanted to to put that stuff back out and potentially to a new audience that hadn't heard it earlier on. Is that a cynical person? Yeah. 
nine or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the slightest. Um, it's be- just because uh, everything's sold out. Okay. Um, and I think a lot of new people like this because of the album. And, you know, people assumed, or Alex assumed, that uh, people would want to own copies of that stuff. Mm. And, you know, it's good for us because it gives us something to sell when we're on tour. Um, you know, I, I, you can be cynical if you want. I think the people who are cynical like that are usually just people who pick apart, you know, bands at every opportunity. Mm. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing a discography because they're not available anymore. Yeah. Mm. And people might want to own them. And, you know, we've sold quite a few every night, so obviously people do want them. Mm. And I know I'd want one if yeah, I could get yeah. all the stuff. You know, if, if I got turned on to a band after the, you know, their first album, they'd done a few seven inches and stuff, and then they weren't available anymore. Yeah. I'd want to get hold of that well, stuff. Well, yeah. like I said to you, I think it was before we set off, I think the only thing of yours I don't own now is, is your original seven inch. So. Yeah, so you just have to buy the discography. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to kind of wrap everything up, because we all probably want to go to bed now, um, what's, I know you obviously, I've, overhearing talk in the van sort of writing towards an, a second album yeah. so what aside from that have you got any sort of plans to other tours sort of later on in the year or is it just taking time out to to write and record now well let Ooh. me give you you give me an exclusive an exclusive scoop oh no oh. <laughs> uh, no we're just it's it's really boring it's just logistics at the moment Okay. Like working out what what we, we need to decide when we can record. Uh, basically, the moment we've got two songs, uh, we need to finish these shows and then start writing. Mm. Write a couple more songs, then we'll have a good idea of when we can actually record. Book that in, work out when it can come out, and then we can start booking shows again. But we're gonna have a bit of a bit of downtime at the moment. Yeah, so. cool, brilliant. Well, unless there's anything else you guys particularly want to add. Can we go to bed now, Tim? If, if you say wish, <laughs> Adam. Thank you very much. For, for st- what is the time? Is it like... What's about tonight? I think it's like half like one o'clock, maybe? It's about can we, 20 to 2. 20 to 2. Can we unshackle Adam now? We can unshackle Adam. Thank you, guys, for... <laughs> <laughs> thanks for putting up for me and doing this for me. So there you have it, episode one in the bag. Thanks again uh, to the guys from Svalbard for taking the time to sit down at stupid o'clock in the morning in Paris with me. Uh, to have a little chat and it was really cool to sort of hear about the guys uh, obviously I, kn- I knew I've known them for ages but it was nice to actually kind of hear how they started and that they're still so humble even though they're going going really strong um if you're unaware of Svalbard's music which if you are then you're pretty crazy but you can find them on all social media outlets uh, on Facebook if you search Svalbard UK uh, it will come up on Twitter is at Svalbard Band and on Instagram if you just search Svalbard it will come up. Uh, the guys will be doing a few shows uh, with the awesome Oathbreaker uh, in the upcoming weeks uh, starting this Friday in London at the Camden Underworld 
and then there's a bit of a gap. So then they're doing Leeds on the 26th, Manchester on 27th, Brighton on the 28th, and finishing off in Bristol on the 29th. Uh, if you want to give me any feedback on this inaugural podcast, I really appreciate it. Um, I know sound quality and everything may not be the best because I have very cheap equipment, but hey-ho, I'm learning. Um, you can find me on Facebook if you just search Just an Insight. On Twitter, uh, it's just underscore an underscore insight. Uh, and you can leave me a comment using the hashtag JAIPod. Uh, or you can email me at just underscore an underscore insight at hotmail.co.uk. Uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, next time out, uh, I sat down and had a chat with uh, Andy Maddox from The Saddest Landscape. Uh, really insightful to kind of hear how that band's been going considering they've just celebrated 15 years being a band which is absolutely crazy Uh, but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening and i will see you soon